0: We will be discussing season three, episode two, titled "The Box." I don't know why that sounds like ominous to me. It just does. <laughs> it just my brain turns that collection of two words and turns it into an into an ominous title. I, I don't. I don't understand it. I'm weird. Uh, but anyway. Yet another very very good you uh, very very good episode back in the prime universe finally back on our side doing normal fringe team shenanigans with the normal fringe event just with the added uh, monkey wrench of an alternate Olivia Dunham acting as a spy for the other universe but before we get into any of that we got some little tidbits about the alternate universe so we'll get into Things that are different. (laughs) That intro is so stupid. Why did I commit to that? Anyway, uh, we only know uh, two additional things about the other side. One, Bono. Not a thing. How horrible. Man, that alternate universe, it has its strengths, and it has its weaknesses. Bono not being a thing is a weakness. Uh, Second, apparently the alternate Olivia Dunham doesn't have a photographic memory. Which is a bit of a problem when trying to impersonate our Olivia Dunham. (laughs) Uh, That may or may not come into play at some point uh so ends things that are different <laughs> anyway to get into the actual content of the episode so i actually kind of love the episodes where we have alternate olivia taking our olivia's place and acting as a double agent it's a really cool dynamic that plays out very very well I love watching the alternate Olivia sort of interact with Thomas Jerome Newton as, like, an equal. Like, they're on the same team. Like, it's just, it's very few shows that can pull off the idea that our main character has suddenly become an antagonist. Like, there are very few shows that they can pull, that can pull that off successfully. Uh, At the top of that list is Legion. Legion is just, like, we thought we were getting a superhero story for two seasons, and then season two finale comes and we realize, wait a minute, no, this is very much a super villain story. And that third season was, like, David is the antagonist now. David is the villain now. And this, is, this kind of feels like that to a certain extent, but to a lesser extent, I guess, since it's just an alternate version and not that character specifically. And we still have the good guy version of that character on the other side, trapped in this alternate Olivia's life with her memories and all that. But the point is, this is a really cool dynamic, that they take full advantage of. You get to see a lot of moments of Olivia Dunham just being a full-blown villain. There's that amazing, amazing sequence where she kills a dude in her apartment... And then scrambles to, like, dispose of him in the bathroom. Peter shows up while she's doing this. And she has to distract him. Uh, She seduces him so that he doesn't notice the blood trickling out from underneath the door. It's an incredible, incredible sequence. And I love everything about that. But just watching Olivia Dunham go full evil. Just full full-blown, completely, no gray area, no ambiguity, just fully evil. To have Olivia Dunham interacting with and actually taking charge of the main bad guy of last season, it's just insane. It's insane to witness that, and I love every second of that. Olivia Dunham as the bad guy is great, is awesome, is amazing. Uh, But, of course, the thing we're investigating this time around is this box that kills you. Uh, It has, like, this ultrasonic sound to it. If you open it up and if you listen to that sound, you're dead. If you open it up and you listen to that sound, you are super incredibly dead. It just puts you into this trance and then just fries your brain. And it's... Bad. It's really, really rough. Uh, Some guys break into a house, dig up the basement, dig up the box in this basement, take it out. Their curiosity gets the best of them. They open up the box. Everyone dies except for this one guy who takes the box and runs. Now, apparently this was all according to Thomas Jerome Newton's plan. Apparently this was all what he wanted. Thomas Jerome Newton intentionally hired... Outside help, and not just more shapeshifters, to get this box. Intentionally hired a group of thieves, knowing that the curiosity would get the best of them, knowing that they couldn't help themselves but to the open the box, and that they, that, and that everyone would be dead. Basically, his intention was for like Fringe to find this box and to have the alarm bells go off. And just have them take it. Just have Fringe Division start looking at this box. That was his intention. And this third guy who somehow survived and took the box with him completely ruined it for everybody. And I love the idea that not only is Olivia Dunham, not only do we have literally all the answers, or rather, not only does one of the characters have literally all the answers going into it, but they are actually the person orchestrating this particular fringe event. I love that Olivia Dunham like, is basically the person orchestrating the event, basically the person at the top of the food chain orchestrating this particular fringe event. And, like, It's just such a subversion. It's such a nice change of pace. I love it. It's so creative, and they do it very, very well. Uh, And just seeing the scrambling, because you got our fringe guys, our normal fringe division people, trying to track this third guy down. And you got Olivia, and you got Thomas Jerome Newton trying to track this guy down. And so it's this absolute scramble. Uh, Olivia's trying to find him first, uh, while also fooling everyone else into thinking she's still on their side and not a spy for the alternate universe, and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal idea, we eventually find out when this guy goes to Olivia's apartment to quote-unquote turn himself in, we find out that the reason this dude survived is that he is deaf. He is a deaf guy, he cannot hear, therefore, he did not register the ultrasonic uh, deal, and he no die. And this leads into Thomas Jerome Newton taking the box, leaving, and then Olivia killing that dude brutally. And then having the whole thing where she's distracting Peter from noticing the blood very obviously trickling from under the door. Man, Peter, uh... Peter does a lot of his thinking with his dick in this episode. (laughs) He really does. And, uh... It's rough, man. Like, you see so many moments where, like, to us, the viewer, it is obvious, like, that should be the red flag. That should be the red flag right there. But because, like, Peter's so happy, he's engaging in this new, like, romantic relationship with Olivia, uh, and just, like, genuinely happy to be with her and, like, have this, like, lovey stuff happening, like... He's just, like, dismissing it. He's just sort of letting it go. He's just sort of giving her the benefit of the doubt because in his mind, like, he can't fathom, like, the idea of, like, anything nefarious happening. So, yeah, long-winded way of saying he's thinking with his dick this episode. Uh, Bad form, Peter. (laughs) But all of this leads into the subway sequence, which is so good. Thomas Jerome Newton comes in, To this subway terminal. He puts the box down next to this other dude. And it's like, hey, uh, this is a box. Something's inside it. I'm not gonna tell you what. How about you, uh, how about you watch this? While I... Go literally anywhere but here. And of course, Thomas Jerome Newton, master of (laughs) psychological manipulation in this episode. Uh... Of course, he had the intention of this guy opening it and it causing a huge thing and bringing Fringe Division back in the fold. Opens up the thing, a bunch of people die. Apparently, this dude just, like, runs into the subway tunnel with it. Weirdly. And then we get this big thing of trying to find the box. Trying to get down the subway tunnel to get it without anyone dying. And the really badass way in which they do this is Peter goes in, he has Olivia shoot her gun, like, literally right next to his ears. Like, basically completely deafen him with gunshots. And then just have him go in and close the box and disarm it. And it's great, and it's really, really cool. By the way, this is the moment where, uh, dude's head explodes... Apparently because he had like some surgical implant and it vibrated at just the right frequency to uh, his entire freaking head. That was cool. That was fun. <laughs> that was a fun moment. <laughs> Love that. Uh, But we got that moment. Peter's trying to disarm the thing, it can't close, the latch is broken, so he's just flat out disarming it, and we get this moment of great tension where so much is building, Uh, he has to disarm this thing before his hearing is restored, before anyone else can come in, Uh, there's a train coming that apparently hasn't been stopped, and Olivia's trying to go in to save him, knowing that the box is still going. And it's this moment of just pure tension that is really, really incredible. This entire sequence is so clever and amazing. Also, by the way, worth noting that in this moment, Peter realizes this is a piece of the machine. This is a piece of Walternate's weapon. It's in his freaking blueprints. So... that's what we've been dealing with we've been dealing with Walternet's weapon that we know Peter is powering and we know uh, will be the cause of the end of the world is prophesized to be the cause of the end of the world but he disarms it literally at that exact moment the train starts coming through Uh, Olivia pulls Peter out of the way saves his life and everything's all good everything seems fine we are left with way more questions than answers. Fringe Division, in particular, is left with way more questions than answers because they don't know about the alternate Olivia deal. This, all in all, this was one big question mark. All in all, this was kind of a shitty day. Everything's bad, but we saved some lives. That's that's all cool. Uh, there's also this fantastic cell plot with Walter that I have to dive into. Uh, he has to attend the will reading of William Bell. And this brings up all forms of emotions, particularly in regards to Peter. Uh, and Walter, multiple times throughout the episode, tries to talk to Peter about, like, his side of the story in literally kidnapping him uh, from the other universe. Like, where he was at, his emotional state, everything that uh, that went on his in in his head and all his regrets and all that, it does not go well. He does not respond to it very well, but Walter's trying to deal with all this complex emotion, saying goodbye to his friend, uh, having to navigate this not-ideal relationship with his son. All the while, there's this safe deposit box key that William Bell gave him. And he avoids it for the longest time, avoids it for the longest time, avoids it for the longest time. He then goes in, he... Opens the safe deposit box and, uh, finds out that he's the sole shareholder of Massive Dynamic. Yup. Massive Dynamic, William Bell's gigantic freaking company that he made while Walter Bishop was in a mental institution, while Walter Bishop was in St. Clair's. That massive, massive corporation is owned by Walter Bishop. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong putting Walter Bishop in charge of Massive Dynamic? <laughs> this seems perfectly reasonable. Uh, Yeah, Walter owns Massive Dynamic now. That's a thing. That's cool. Uh, And then we get this very, very good ending where Olivia goes to the typewriter. Types in that, like, Peter is working on the machine. He is actively engaged, which is what the entire uh, process was. Like, this was one giant ploy to get Peter to give more of a crap about the machine and actively dissect the machine and actively dive into all of that. And then... Orders come back in. Great. Begin work on Walter Bishop. Begin work on Dr. Bishop. So. Yeah. Olivia's been manipulating Peter this entire episode. Now she's gonna manipulate Walter. Manipulation for everyone! Yay! Uh, but yeah. There's uh, there's some stuff going down. There's some stuff going down in the next few episodes. Uh, with alternate Olivia being embedded in this universe and the machine and all that. And it's, it's so good. I love this season. I love this season so much. I cannot stress enough how much I love this season. It's so great. Anyway, uh, if you like this. Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV Archives, so you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark pledges a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. On Monday, we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 3. Talk to you then.